0: Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, where each week, Jonathan and his co-host interview the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing. Jonathan, take it away.
1: Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. It's episode 597. Um, I've got a great friend of the show, friend in general. I've got John Locke from Lockdown Design and SEO joining us on the podcast, We're going to be talking about all the late upcoming Google updates when it comes to SEO and search um, and how that will affect WordPress and WordPress-powered websites. My normal co-host, Stephen, can't join us this week. He had a prior commitment, but he will be coming back next week. So, John, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers, the new ones?
2: Yeah, sure thing. My name is John Locke. My business is Lockdown Design and SEO, uh, which you could find at lockdownseo.com. I've been building websites uh, since 2012 professionally, and I've been specializing in SEO for about the past four and a
1: half years. That's great. And before we go into the main part of the interview, I just want to mention our major sponsor, and that's Costas. Um uh, they provide a podcast hosting service. Um, you need somewhere to store your audio files. You need somebody who can help you um, with. Um, and it looks like Stephen's joining us, so we're going to have to redo this. Right, there we go. <laughs> so, right. <All> Hi right. <laughs> there, Stephen. How are you right. doing? Rightio. Right, I'm going to do it again. Just give me a... We were just about a minute into it, Stephen. But, right, so... Three, two, one. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. It's episode 597. This is our interview show. And we've got a special guest, a friend, and a friend of the show. We've got John Locke of Lockdown Designs. So we're going to be talking about the upcoming um, Google updates that were supposed to happen this month, but have been slightly delayed till June. Um, John is going to go through how all these updates will affect yours or your clients' websites. What are some of the key things you need to keep your eye on Connected to these updates, so John, can you quickly introduce yourself? You're well known. You regularly come on that on the WP Tonic Friday show, but give us a quick intro to our new listeners and viewers, John.
2: Sure, my name is John Locke. My business is Lockdown Design and SEO, which you can find at lockdownseo.com. Been building websites professionally since 2012, and Since 2017, I have been specializing in SEO.
1: That's great. And I've got my co-host, Stephen. Stephen, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the new listeners of viewers?
3: Yeah, Stephen Seller from Zipfish.io. We make WordPress fast by optimizing code on the site and on the servers.
1: That's great. Um, So before going to the main part of the interview... Um, I like to talk about one of our great major sponsors, and that's Costus. And if you want to get into podcasting, or you already have, or you're advising a client that's interested in it, you need somewhere to store your audio files. You also need somebody that can provide a cast iron RSS feed to all the major podcasting platforms like iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. You get this with Costas at an amazing price. I was with uh, another provider. It was getting a little bit expensive. Um, Costas offers a just one plan level Um Or they do offer different plan levels, but they offer unlimited bandwidth and unlimited storage on all their plans. So you can start off with their basic plan. The others offer a heap of extras that that are also really useful. But it's a great offer, and they helped me move over 500 shows to their platform. They were extremely helpful. The interface is really lovely and very easy to use. The previous provider's interface was a bit of a dog's breath, to be quite truthful about it. Obviously, you got used to it, but if you left it for more than a few weeks, it would be, I think you would have been confused. Costas is really, really, uh, it's really impressive and easy to use interface. I can't hardly praise them more. Um, I suggest that if you're looking to get into podcasting, you should really look at this platform. Or if you're advising a client, this is a a great um, platform. They also got a great affiliate um, scheme. So if you're regularly advised, advising clients around podcasting, I suggest that you should approach them and sign up for their affiliate plan. So, John, um, let's go straight into it. Now, there's been a lot of talk on YouTube, um, on Twitter, on all the platforms about these updates. Can you give us a quick, broad intro of what Google is proposing and how it might affect WordPress if you're a developer, designer, or installer. Right. So
2: late last year, early 2021, uh, Google announced that they were going to be rolling out what's called their page experience updates uh, using metrics that they're already measuring in page speed insights and Uh, through the Chrome user experience. And this was originally slated to be rolling out in May. Now it is going to be rolling out June through August. And what the specifically that they're going to be measuring is uh, a couple metrics. One is largest contentful paint, which is the largest element that is in view in your browser when you first load a page, how long does that take to load? Good would be under two and a half seconds. Uh, The another one is first input delay. How long does it take before the page starts loading? Under 100 milliseconds is good. And the third is cumulative layout shift, which is how much the layout of the page shifts from the time that it starts loading until the time that it's fully loaded less than 0.1 um, of the, the of the page i don't the cls 0.1 i don't know what they're exactly measuring but i can tell you what seems to result in that um, and specifically a lot of people are saying i'm hoping that this will penalize sites that have a bunch of pop-ups and interstitials and things like that. I don't believe that that's likely to happen because the way that the Google ranking algorithm works, it's not exactly the same for every single site. Big brands do have a little bit of of favoritism uh, in that. But what they have said is you will receive a slight boost. I don't know how much that means. But if you get all three of these metrics in the green, which you can measure at Page PageSpeed Insights, uh, then you should receive a little boost. What I can tell you is that you still need to have content, the right content on the page that is helping people get to the goal that they're trying to get to when they're typing in a search. And I can break down these the the three metrics that we talked about in a little bit more detail, and I can tell you uh, a few things that I've done to try and get those in the green. If you'd like,
1: I think um, I really think that would be helpful. Um, but before we um, uh-huh. we go down that and um, also introduce Stephen as well, um, I just want to ask your opinion. Um, obviously, you brought up. Um, the importance of content and all the other normal factors. Um, I just noticed in in the kind of WordPress community in the web design development pundits um, on YouTube and that there just seemed to be a lot of anxiety and chatter about these updates to a slightly higher level than um a full-blown like penguin or some of the other major updates you've got insight what especially around linking to linking this to to why you should not use page builders why you shouldn't use Divi, why you shouldn't use aator why you shouldn't use even beaver builder um what's your First of all, what's your thoughts? Do you think it's just been overblown? They don't fully understand what these th- updates are are really about. What, what's your opinion about it?
2: Yeah, I've heard a little bit of that chatter, but, I mean, out of those ones, it, probably Beaver Builder is the fastest, probably Divi is the slowest. I've heard some people dogging on Elementor as well. But... I mean, this is, I don't anticipate that this is going to be a factor to where if you are in the orange or the red on these and some of your other competitors are also in the orange or red, I don't think it's going to make that big of a difference. I think if you combine this with other factors, let's say that there's other uh, pages that you're competing against and they're they have content that matches what people are trying to do they give uh people a way to have a conversion that google if they had a means of measuring that like satisfaction by like this person did a conversion if you have some sort of means of having that on the page um, if those other pages are improving their design and their link velocity is you know, active, it's higher than yours, they're they're actively getting links, if all those things are combined, then, you you know, you might lose some ground to your competitors. Uh, But in isolation, if you change nothing else about your pages, is this something that I think you should do? I mean, yeah, you should always be focusing on speed, visual stability, and, and things that are making this overall better. But you have to realize, too, that Google can change the weight on these factors at any time. For many years, they were, it seemed for like three years, they were saying, um, you got to get mobile friendly. You got to get mobile friendly. And more and more sites became mobile friendly. That's good for their bottom line if more people use the web and more people are using Google the more people are spending money on ads. But to do that, had to be friendly for all people. The next thing they were starting to push was HTTPS. And people were saying, if you don't have it, you're not going to rank. Now, over time, the number of sites that were in the top 10 for any given result, most of them ended up being HTTPS. I think most of them are like that now. And that signal, uh, at first, people were hyping it up, like, if you don't have it, you're not going to rank. But now, Google basically said if everything else is like, even that's kind of a tiebreaker. So they can change the weights on any of these factors at any time. And they do quite often. Uh, do I anticipate this is just not just, but like a means of pushing people toward creating websites that are better for everyone overall. That That's probably true. Um, the one thing that you should be, I mean, not the one thing, but the several things that you should be working on is making a site that loads quickly. You know, Largest contentful paint. Do you really need uh, an image that is, you know, 6,000 pixels wide, 4,000 pixels high as your oh, hero image? Of course
1: you do. Of course you do, John. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I'm going to throw, throw it over yeah. to Stephen there. Yeah, those 4K
3: monitors, man. Got to make those images pop. Got to give them something to do. Right? If you don't have that 6000 pixel image to load. <laughs> yeah. Um so like if somebody's like sitting here listening to it, um what order would you put page speed stuff? Like I have, you know, I'm I'm working like crazy trying to get my startup going. Um SEO is something that I'm trying to do. Probably not as good as I should be doing, you know, creating new content around keywords and stuff like that. If I have 10 hours, should I keep putting time and resources into creating content or should I spend that time optimizing my site? Like how, how should I rank that in priority? Because at the end of the day, like you have finite amount of hours and finite amount of things to pay attention to.
2: Yeah. I mean, if I had 10 hours, I'd put like eight into and creating new content or improving existing content, trying to make it match what Google wants to rank for a given keyword query. I'd spend the remaining two hours trying to improve uh, the site and, and do little tweaks on this. Um, I One thing that I have noticed is sites that have a low cumulative layout shift, meaning from the, Second, from the millisecond that it starts loading until it's fully rendered. The ones that have a low cumulative layout shift right now seem to be ranking higher. That can always change. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of the things that I've done to try and alleviate that is using system fonts. uh, A system font stack to where there is no shift from the text. Um, or having Google fonts or Adobe fonts uh, or something like that come in and, and shift uh, the layout and making room for any elements that might appear above the fold, such as your header or any images or videos or things like that. And if you take care of those things, then pretty much that, that layout shift will disappear. The other thing is the largest Contentful Paint. One of the biggest things that I've done is, and I'm going backwards through client sites and redoing the code in this to make this possible. But normally in the past, like three or four years ago, I was using background images in CSS. Um, But every time that the page loads, if you're using just background image, it loads that image every time. So one thing that I've shifted to doing is using a picture element with WebP first and then an image fallback, and then using CSS to simulate background cover. Uh, those images can be cached, meaning that, and they can also be lazy loaded as well. So that means, for one, that it's loading quicker, uh, the space is there, uh, it'll load as the page goes, but there's no waiting The browser's not waiting around to load that image. Yeah. There's other things I've done, like with YouTube, using Paul Irish's uh, YouTube light embed or something like.
3: Yeah, I think that's what's called.
2: Yeah, but those are all things that you can do to speed up your site. There's a million like little things like that that you can do, you know, using caching, um, things like this. All, all. Deferring JavaScript, um, but if this is me, I'm doing content first and then using uh, a few hours a week to to kind of make these improvements. And then overall, it's improving your overall site.
3: When when Google's looking at ranking sites, how much are they considering like bounce rate and like number of pages viewed? On, wow. how, on how they weight things. Because something that I think is interesting about page speed is that although Google is looking at page speed right now, like page speed has a huge impact, an even bigger impact on somebody's bounce rate off of their website yep. or the number of pages someone views. And if does Google
2: look at those numbers or are those numbers like okay. not something that they, they yeah, went into? Yeah, great question. Okay, so this is the thing that Google representatives have said probably like four dozen times. They do not use Google Analytics at all. Okay. The reason being, not every site has Google Analytics. Maybe half the sites in the world have Google Analytics installed. So they're not using that at all. That's for for the webmaster and for you and to look at. But they don't use Google Analytics at all, and they've been very adamant about saying that. And the bounce rate. Uh, John Mueller and Gary Isles, who are representatives for Google, have both said several times... Bounce rate is not a good signal. I don't think that they've ever adamantly said that they do not use bounce rate at all, but it is a signal that can be gained. And what I mean by that is if you can pay somebody on, on Fiverr to um, go on your site or pay a bunch of people or go on Amazon mechanical Turk or anything like this and pay a bunch of people to go to your site, Uh, visit a couple pages, hang out there for a minute or two minutes. Is that really a a thing that is a good signal? It's the same thing as PBNs. If you have a bunch of links, you know, that's on the surface, that looks like a good signal, but it's a really one that's easy to manipulate. And then people spend all their time trying to manipulate it instead of trying to make one that's actually good. Now, there's a clue to this, and that is, that Google very recently said that they do collect data from Chrome for the Chrome, for the Crux, the Chrome user experience. That's a clue. They have a mobile browser in Android. They have a desktop browser in Chrome. Um, There's better ways to determine whether people are satisfied with a page than using Bounce Rate. It's, It's kind of a signal that can be gamed. It's a messy signal. It's one that they've kind of out and out said that, it's not their first choice to use. Uh, So. But they are using
3: like some sort of metrics somewhere.
2: Some sort of metrics somewhere, but like, I mean, really, it's like you, you have to think about it. Like if you are getting to your goal in one page, I mean, that's really what they're going for is, is measuring that. Like maybe less page clicks is better. Like.
3: That might be yeah. I mean, if if,
2: if reading and reading and reading in a site doesn't necessarily mean that you get to your goal, and I think that that's Mm -hmm. the thing that every webmaster should be thinking about is what goal are people really trying to accomplish when they Google this term that I'm trying to rank for? Are they trying to get information? Are they trying to complete a task? (laughs) Are they trying to purchase a product? No matter what it is, you got to be trying to get them to that goal. And a clue to that is looking at what's currently ranking at the top. Um, So basically looking for clues in what they're already favoring will give you a clue about what they think people are trying to accomplish when they type in a certain keyword.
1: I I think that we need to actually, Stephen, go for our break. We'll be back. It's fascinating. Stephen, Stephen cannot be asking his next question. I think it's been a great first half anyway we're in a few moments folks
0: LaunchFlows turns your WooCommerce website into a selling machine we make it easy to create gorgeous sales funnels no friction checkouts order bumps upsells downsells and much more gain full control over your buyers journey from the top of your WooCommerce sales funnel all the way to the bottom best of all you can use your favorite page builder such as Elementor Divi Beaver Builder, Gutenberg, or one of the high converting templates we've included inside. Get rid of the clunky WooCommerce shop pages and checkout process in favor of an optimized buyer flow that instantly increases conversions and makes you more money. LaunchFlows provides one click order bumps that increase the total value of every sale with a 10 to 30% conversion rate. This is perfect for anyone offering complimentary products, training, or extended warranties with unlimited upsells and downsells your buyers journey doesn't need to end at the checkout instead we make it easy to display a series of additional offers as part of the original transaction this is perfect for one-time offers related products mastermind class offers high ticket software sales or subscription supplements not an expert don't worry we've got the training and the consultation you need WP Launchify will teach you how to get the most out of LaunchFlows with personal consultation on WordPress, WooCommerce, marketing automation, and much more. If you want to earn more money with your WooCommerce online business, you owe it to yourself to try LaunchFlows today.
1: We're coming back. Got my friend, uh, John Locon. Um, There's not much about SEO that John doesn't know. He's a real expert, I mean, a true expert on this. Back over to you, Stephen. Um,
3: something that I feel like is always confusing to me um, about uh, Google search engine SEO type stuff is like the whole local aspect. Like that's like a really big thing people talk about, but what does that mean and what does that entail? I think like just linking this back to our page speed conversation, sometimes I wonder if people are talking a lot about page speed because it's an understandable metric and it's a metric that you can like run a like Google will run a, a like check on your site and tell you how you rank. But like when somebody's talking about, oh, like we need to become, you know, we need to like, we want to rank locally for when people Google whatever. Um, no one really like that's a lot more like ethereal. Like, what does that mean? How do I do that? Um, And I feel like that's somewhere I've gotten stuck. Like, sure, if I am talking about uh, how to clean somebody's house for COVID, let's say, uh, that's a very broad term. And let's say I can rank, uh, like, you know, across the United States for that term. I get that. But if somebody's looking for cleaning services locally, like, how does someone, like, get into that market? Because that's the market, like, they really care about, right? Um, And that's something that's always confused me. Um, I just, like, don't understand it all.
2: Okay. Excellent question. I'm glad you went there. So local SEO, you got to think about it like this. Also, when people are are trying to rank locally, the so Google is looking at what can we measure online to determine whether someone should rank locally for this? What is a measure? If you were going to measure through a machine who to rank for whether it's cleaning service or HVAC or auto repair or you know, whatever it is, how are you going to rank it? You're looking for signals at the local level. So one thing to remember too, Google said a long time ago that they want to rank big brands. They said this back in 2008. So hallmarks of big brands is they do things like try and acquire customers in different areas. So they're probably going to have all their social media, um, Profiles claim they're going to have a little bit of activity there. They're at least going to be claimed. Right? So instead of just having a website and a Facebook page, and that's it, you want to make sure that you are doing a thing that a big brand would do. You would have Twitter, Instagram, a LinkedIn company page, uh, Pinterest, YouTube, have those things and Instagram and because you're trying to acquire customers on social media, right? Uh, Another thing that would be used to measure local excellence is you'd have a local phone number, and it might be displayed in your page prominently. Um, You would have an address that's consistent across the web, that phone number. The phone number, basically, if you understand what databases are, like that phone number basically is a primary key to your profile locally, so they're using that phone number that you have on your Google My Business and your uh, website, and then it's connected to all the different things like your Yelp profile, um, your you know Facebook page, and they're looking at things like you have your, the same address, the same phone number, you're in the same business categories on all these different things. Google's so, also looking to yeah. Go
1: oh, just ahead. a
3: quick question. So like yeah. So, like, the right way to, like, contextualize this phone number is to think of it like the email address and how that ties everything in people's yes. CRM together. Google's yes. using a phone number to tie it together.
2: Yeah, that's basically, yeah. In, instead of the email is a primary key in your CRM, the phone number is a primary key when it comes to your business profile. So, and another thing, you know, okay, so we're talking about lead acquisition. If you're a real company, we'll, we'll just go with contractors because I have a lot of these on my roster right now. <laughs> If you're a contractor and you're actually trying to get customers, Google's going to expect to see you in a couple different places. You're going to have a white, a Yellow Pages profile, a yp profile. You might have a better business p- profile, but you're going to be expected to, to show up in certain places like Home Advisor, House, Angie's List. You're going to have profiles there, because if you're a real contractor, you're trying to get customers in those different markets, because that's where customers go to look not just a website not just Facebook page so you're probably actively getting reviews on all these but especially with Yelp and especially um, with your your Google profile but Yelp is also a very big part of this now there's a couple reasons for this Yelp is a predominant site where people are going locally to look for uh, any type of service also, Yelp has an antitrust suit against Google, saying that Google is like unfairly competing against them. And you'll notice that in most local searches for any type of any type of thing, Yelp is usually the number one result. And then all the other uh, third-party sites and then the regular websites of the businesses. I don't know if that's because they have this lawsuit or if it's just because it's useful, uh, a useful place to compare uh, businesses. And they they pull data from all different places as well. So you're more than likely going to be there. Now, I have had like businesses before say, we don't like to be on Yelp because we get bad reviews or whatever people say this or that. I said, Google expects to see you there. So as, uh, in this particular case that I'm thinking of, like when we put them on Yelp, their rankings both in the map and organically went up for the things that they were trying to rank for uh, is just one of those things that Google expects to see. Now, <laughs> when we're talking about local as well, look at like the type of landing page that you're going to. And if it, and again, it's a clue you just look at and see what they're already trying to favor. These, a lot of the pages out there, are not that well put together. They could have more information. Some of them are really good. Some of them have great design and great content. And they're a really appealing page. It gets people to where they want to go. So what I encourage people to do, especially if they're in a metro area and they're trying to hit like different cities, is to make distinct landing pages that aren't just where you take the city name and you change it on each page and everything else is the same. Try and make it unique. Uh, have reviews from different customers that are in those cities, a little bit about the city, maybe a, a photo of a landmark in that city. But some of the actual services that you do in each one of these. Now, in different cities, too, I've, I've noticed there are different, there might be a little bit slightly different criteria of what Google wants to rank. Um, so... Again, it's it's looking at the actual SERPs and seeing what needs to be there. But basically, if, if you have service pages that detail um, what you do, who you do it for, the list the different services, lay it out in a cohesive manner. Don't just put like, hey, we do this and we've been around for 25 years. Go into like a little bit more detail about it. I know it's really hard for people to write about stuff like that, but if you if you break it down into lots of contexts like that, you usually do okay. Um, the last thing when it comes to this, Google has a memory of what's worked in the past. They're using these metrics to determine, you know, like hey, people seem to like this page, so we're going to push it up, and we see this pattern of how um, these pages are laid out, what's on them, the content that's on them, the the secondary content that's on them. These things seem to work and people seem to like this when they Google this in all different cities. So when we see uh, a a page like this, we'll say in Carson City, Nevada, uh, for home services, We've seen this pattern work in different places. So when we see it for this business over here, we're also going to give it a big push. And then we're going to see how it does. And if it does good, we'll leave it up there. And if it does bad, then we'll bring it back down and we'll push something else. That's usually how local SEO goes too. Once you keep getting pushed, they might give you a push higher. Uh, But if you don't do good, or if the signals aren't right, then they might push you down again. But a lot of it is just testing like different ones, sometimes randomly, uh, to find out how good they're going to do. So now when somebody's thinking about
3: ranking in in local SEO, um, is that just if somebody would Google contracting services or contractor services? inside of a certain like IP address geographic location, or is it always appended with the location? So somebody would have to, like, I live in Lafayette. Somebody would have to Google Lafayette contractors.
2: Oh, okay. So if you Google like contracting services in Lafayette, (laughs) more than likely you're going to get like ones that are local to you because it knows. (coughs) (coughs) Sorry. It nice. knows from geolook. <coughs> Hold on. Um, well,
1: we're going to give. Well, one of the I'm going to give um, John a chance to get a drink, okay. or so. If he's recovered a bit. Mm. Um, one of the factors, folks, that um, I've learned is is directories. You know, when it comes to national SEO, directories, business directories, online business directories, really have no effect. On regional or national, but they still have a relevance when it comes to Google. When it comes to local, one of the there's a number of services that can help you get into all these business direct online business directories. Um, one of one of I wouldn't say it's the best, but one of the, one that has a good track record and a reasonable price is Moss Local, where you can put your business details on with a yearly fee. I think it's still a yearly fee. It will push your business details on to over a hundred different business directories. Am I talking any sense there, John, or am I? Um, yeah. I mean, that's, found,
2: that's foundational work. I mean, you, you, those things definitely do help. There's a lot of searches where, Nobody is really doing like high level SEO, and just having that will probably help you a ton. Um, back to Steve's question: When if if you're a Google contract, if you Google contracting in Lafayette, it's gonna give you. Uh, in, that, in Lafayette, in that first, am I
3: googling the word in Lafayette, or am I just googling that one? Yeah, I'm geographically no, if you, located. If you, in Lafayette. if you
2: Google in Lafayette, then it's gonna give you all hundred percent like local results. Okay. Okay. But if you if you just Google it by itself, maybe four or five of those results will be local because it's not specifically sure.
1: Yeah. The more we um yeah I'm sorry to interrupt John. We oh, need sorry. to go get a break um and end the podcast part of the show oh, are it's you okay good. to stay Yeah yeah you, the, are you okay to stay on for another yeah, fifteen stay minutes. On. And that will be our bonus content, folks. Um, You'll be able to listen to the bonus content on the WP Tonic YouTube channel. Go over there and register as well. Give us a thumbs up. Not only do I put those interviews up and our Roundtable Friday show, there's a host of other content which I regularly put up every month on the YouTube channel and only on the YouTube channel. So please do subscribe to it. So, John, what's the best way for people to find out more about you and obviously learn more about SEO? Because obviously you're a total expert on, on this.
2: Well, you can go to my website, which is lockdownseo.com. You can also go to my YouTube channel. If you just search uh, John Locke SEO or Lockdown SEO, you'll find it. So.
1: And I I can't honestly stress, folks, if you're looking um, for a collaborator on a project, um, if you're an agency owner, or if you are a business owner and you're looking for an SEO expert, I can't highly recommend John anymore. I've known John for a number of years. He's helped me on a number of projects. He really is a true expert in this area. So, Stephen... Um, How can people find out more about you and what you are up to? Uh,
3: Head over to Zipfish.io, run a speed test and see how much faster your website could be.
1: Yeah, and they've helped on the WP Tonic site and they made a big difference to our page loading. I suggest that you go over there. Um, We're going to wrap it up now. We'll be back next week with another great guest. We've got some great guests coming up in May and June. Um, I think you're going to be delighted with the interviews that we have coming up. We'll be back next week. See you soon, folks. And do remember to log over to the WP Tonic YouTube channel and see the rest of this great interview. We'll
0: see you next week,
1: folks. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week.